You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Justice is Served, where we bring you the latest and trending legal news on a weekly basis. My name is Sarah Azari. I'm a criminal defense attorney and one of your co-hosts here on the show. And today I'm joined by my partner in crime, attorney Chelsea Galicia. Hi, Chelsea. Hi there. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, it's nice to be back after a few weeks and uh, catch up on the news with uh, with Chelsea. So um, today's show um, is, is actually got some very interesting um legal news for our viewers of of somewhat of a international variety I would say um, we're going to start with the corruption case of the Finnish uh, police detective slash drug cartel leader um, and uh, this is a case that has had the international stage in complete awe and we're going to move over to on the docket where we talk about the latest and not so greatest for Bill Cosby the Boston crime boss uh, Whitey Berger Ber- I'm sorry Bert Bulger um, and his bid for a new trial. Um, Snoop Dogg, who has been stopped in Italy and um, over $200,000 was seized from him in cash uh, in the airport at Cambria. And finally, um, Tom Brady's lawsuit against the NFL and where that is headed. So we're going to start start off by um, having Chelsea lead us into our case of the week. Okay, great. So, yes, this is a story out of Finland that has embarrassed the country because they are in the midst of the trial of their head of drug enforcement. Their The chief uh, drug guy mm-hmm. is on trial for essentially being a drug cartel in his own right. Mm-hmm. So the allegations are that he used his 30 years of experience on the job to learn about how the cartels run and operate so that he could basically start his own i don't we were talking about this before did he you know become a police officer in order to do this or was he a police officer who just turned corrupt mm-hmm. uh that's really a fascinating part of this whole story that i had not yet thought about but this is uh what is going down right now and the 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 whole world is in shock uh, not just because this is a high-level police officer who was caught smuggling drugs in, I think to the tune of about, uh, in dollars, it would be about more than $10 million mm-hmm. uh, between 2010 and 2013. And not only that it's happened at all, but that it's happened in Finland, who, uh, according to one of those organizations that checks on transparency mm-hmm. perceptions of countries around the world, Finland is number three in terms of being viewed as a not corrupt country, right behind Denmark and Finland. I'm sorry, Denmark and New Zealand and yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, so for it was for like Finland, the third least corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, he is facing 13 years in prison, which I was maybe a little surprised seemed low to me because mm-hmm. that is for 30 charges. Uh, they include drug smuggling, 
forgery, abuse of public office, witness intimidation, and obstruction of justice. A couple of those which he's already been convicted mm-hmm. of. Um, I don't know, Sarah, what was more interesting? The fact that he had like 65,000 euros stashed in his backyard or that his defense is, I was undercover. Right. Um well, aside from the, the evidence that's pretty overwhelming against him, he also had a number of luxury cars. Um, he had over 500,000, you know, half a million euros sort of just in cash um, to his name. And this is not typical detective salary, Chelsea. You know, detectives don't make that kind of money. Um, and that's it's 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 interesting because, um, you know, he was the ringleader and, and used the experience that you just mentioned over 30 years of studying narcotic trafficking and then being in the in the task force um, he's he's used this experience to actually avoid being detected and help his cartel avoid being detected so um, I think the sentence that you mentioned that you know perhaps alluding to whether it's too light for this type of um, t- type of offense the the drug part of this is you know you're dealing with hashish as my understanding was what he was um, trafficking and in the broad spectrum of drugs, it's not the worst. It's kind of like marijuana. Um, so although I don't know what the law is in Finland, I assume that um, it probably is not viewed as as um, harshly or, or treated as harshly as as it would be if it was, you know, um, a more serious like methamphetamine or ecstasy or something like that. But he, you know, he... Um, it's it's an interesting case because he's claiming that um, as a good detective, you have to fly under the radar. You have to be anonymous. You have to be undercover, and that's exactly what I did. But it's he's he's avoiding you know, this overwhelming amount of information and evidence that is against him that points the finger to him. Apparently, they had him on surveillance. They had a, had him. Uh, on wiretap calls where the calls were monitored and recorded. I mean, and some of this is stuff like he helped like curtail sting operations. He would tell his subordinates or like, hey, don't accept this shipment because Mm -hmm. they're watching it. So I don't know how that would be helpful to the police if he was in fact Undercover. Right. I would assume you go undercover to help obtain information that is and helpful. And cause an arrest, not to, yes, not to, super, like, intercept the arrest. So I'm wondering what information he thinks he brought to law enforcement in his operation undercover. I'm going to turn narc for a mm-hmm. little, you know. Uh, it just doesn't, it Add doesn't up. smell, the, right. it doesn't pass the smell test. Right. Uh, and I think this guy is going down. And I think it's also raised questions about where else could it happen? Could that happen here? Mm-hmm. Uh, since it happened in in Finland, mm-hmm. some place where nobody really suspects that mm-hmm. that kind of activity is going down. Two things on that. Um, first of all, the 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 um, obstruction of justice that you just mentioned, where he uh, intercepted a sting operation, where he's supposed to make sure it goes smoothly and that they catch the bad guys. He intercepted it. Well, one of the got recipients failed to obey his warning or listen to his warning and said, no, I'm going to accept the package anyway. Once he gets arrested and goes into uh, the hands of law enforcement, he decides to roll and cooperate, and he begins to speak about who's really involved in all of this. And when, um, I forget his name, it's Detective Arneo, 
uh, yeah, Detective Arneo hears about this cooperation against him. He then goes a step further from obstruction of justice to witness intimidation and witness tampering. So he, he puts in a very dangerous guy. He places the guy in into Fisherman, the person that rolled on him, his cell. And then he also has... Um, indirectly through his lawyer him intimidated that if you continue to talk bad things are going to happen to you so he just never even stopped there was no stopping this guy and i think it can happen anywhere um corrupt police um uh you know corrupt detectives i think um are 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 universal i don't think they're limited to um a nice peaceful country like Finland they could they could happen to to any of us in any country but I just think that maybe I'd like to think that we have a little bit more of like checks and balances in place do you know if uh in Helsinki they had any um type of or did they place any type of measures uh after in response to this yeah so at the time that this all went down they did not have any but apparently the country is really good at at learning from its mistakes and quickly implemented some kind of task force whose sole purpose it was to make sure that people in power were not abusing that power and right. becoming corrupt. So right. I think we already have they, that. We have pretty strong internal um, mechanisms in place in the FBI and the DEA. And, and although it's interesting that we have talked about in the corruption cases here that some of the things that people have done is try and defund internal affairs investigators. I can't remember who we were talking about, but something in the sheriff's office when the guy underneath Baca... Was yes. arrest and part of, mm-hmm. and part of what he was doing was trying to defund the internal affairs department so right. that people couldn't find right. out what it right. was up to. Right. But, but but you know we had the mechanism in place and he was trying to bring it down. Uh, whereas I believe here this guy was it. the guy and there, he didn't he wasn't answerable to anyone. Anyway, all right. Well. Um, Different types of corruption um, on the docket. Um, the New York Magazine cover has received extensive media coverage um, with a photograph of 35 of the 46 women who have accused Bill Cosby of um, drugging and raping or sexually assaulting them. And these women are of different colors, different ages, um, different walks of life who have come forward not only in their um, identity, in, the, in their visual identity, in their photograph but their names, very explicit description of the act, when it happened, how it happened. And this, um, uh, you know, article or coverage in by New York Magazine um, spans over 79 or 80 pages. Um, it is very, very striking, Chelsea. I think the first thing that came to my mind as a defense attorney was that, you know, normally we shield the identity of victims of sexual assault. The system is very, very careful about not mentioning names. They're named as Jane Doe. You know, um, we certainly don't put out their photographs um, and, and let the world know who they are. And here we've got these women, um, you know, with makeup looking great, you know, in this layout. Um, coming forward, and, and interestingly, the article is called I'm No Longer Afraid. Um, but this is not, this is just a little, you know, a little piece of the latest on Mr. Cosby. Um, the bigger issue that has uh, come to light is that the recent California Supreme Court decision allowing Judith Huth, who was one of the victims um, of Bill Cosby, to proceed with her civil lawsuit against Cosby, even though the statute of limitations would have ordinarily expired. So um, Chelsea and I actually had covered 
uh, Judith Hutt's claims uh, several shows ago. And she was the one that was 15 at the time in the 70s. She met Cosby with a friend, um, and Cosby took him to the Playboy Mansion and um, allegedly drugged them and sexually assaulted Huth. And so Huth, um, of course, is represented by Gloria Allred, super aggressive, a uh, pit bull of an attorney who specializes in defending women's um, issues such as this. And um, she just wouldn't back down after... The lawsuit after Cosby's attorneys filed a petition with the California Supreme Court saying, you need to look at this case and this these claims because not only the statute has run, but um, you have to look at the validity of this because 10 years ago she had brought this up um, and tried to extort me with this story, etc. And the Supreme Court says, we're denying your request, Mr. Cosby. We're going to let her proceed. Um, there's some things I want to talk about in terms of the law around this for our viewers, but I want to know, Chelsea, what your take is on... Um, on this green light that the that our Supreme Court has given cause, I mean, given uh, the the claimant. Well, at, at first glance, I was like, "Wow, this is cool for us because now there's going to be a deposition that, and he can't assert his Fifth Amendment rights because he can't get prosecuted because the statute of limitations has run. For so, sure, has run in the criminal cases. So he so. has to answer the questions, mm-hmm. and this would, you know, further create cracks in his his mm-hmm. story the way that the release of the other deposition transcript has done. But then you're like, well. Well, if the statute of limitations has expired, what is the point in letting this happen? And it's because in California, there is an exception to mm-hmm. the statute of limitations. It's sort of told or held off mm-hmm. if a woman has a um, like a repressed memory that then comes if to the light. Assault, uh, if the assault occurred when you were under age and you have a repressed memory. Right. So that mm-hmm. is what the... Um, Gloria Allred's yeah. theory is on this, and that's why they believe that they can go forward. The mm-hmm. defense to that is that, no, she didn't just remember this. She remembered it mm-hmm. at least 10 years ago because that's when she tried to get money from me. But that is all an issue for the the trier fact in the, the trial level. Correct. So that's why they, the Supreme Court let it go forward. And boy, am and I looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's, it's actually, it's, I think it's huge and it's, it's not good for Cosby because, um, in the nineties is when that law changed or came about actually that allowed this three year window for victims, child victims of sexual assault who have, um, had a repressed memory to later be able to bring their claim despite the statute of limitations. But there is still a requirement requirement on that, which is um, you can't just say, oh, I had a repressed memory and now I just suddenly remembered it. You have to have a certificate of merit from a licensed therapist who's going to say, I've evaluated this person. I believe that this is the first time this memory came back. And that so long as that date is within three years from the time that you're bringing your lawsuit, then you're okay. And in with respect to Cosby's camp and their defense that um, this is a what are you talking about? You know, three three years. It's ten years ago. You had memory of this because you you were trying to extort money from me and making the same claim, and we shut you down back then. Um, this is going to, if nothing else, even if at the end of the day Judith Huth does not prevail at trial against Cosby, you're going to have extensive discovery and depositions. Gloria Allred has already stated that she's um, looking forward to deposing him this month, and she'll even go to Massachusetts to make it convenient for him because that's where he lives. And I think this must be such a nightmare for Cosby. He's, of course, his silence is deafening. He hasn't responded. Well, except he now has this new 
pit bull attorney who he had speak to Huffington Post Live. Not sure if you had a chance to catch the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, who very aggressively and abrasively is short with the interviewer and says exactly just the points that she wants to get in, which were that this hasn't been prosecuted. He hasn't been found guilty by a court of law. So then she speaks out of both sides of her mouth and saying, so people can say what they want, but then she says everybody should move on since he was never prosecuted and never convicted. So uh, apparently they're saying more now, but the, the spokesperson they decided to use, I'm sorry, I'm sure she's a great attorney, but she was so obnoxious mm-hmm. and repelling as a person to what I couldn't even listen to the whole thing that I don't think she did her client any favors and although she kept is saying she the african-american woman yes. yeah yeah she's like i'm an attorney i'm an attorney and as an attorney and as a believer in the justice system and I, if if she's only an attorney who cares about the court of law what is she doing on huffington post live if right. she's saying that the court of a public opinion doesn't matter and that the only thing that matters is what's decided in court then what is she doing on a show and what say- is she doing being interviewed yeah and i have to say dealing with this nightmare right now if i represented cosby I would remain silent as his lawyer as well. It's not just keeping my clients silent. This is the type of case where, in most cases, you don't want to make these types of comments so early on, especially in your client's case, where you don't know what's what's going to happen because it's it's really hard to be able to retract what you've said earlier to the media down the road when things don't go as you had promised or anticipated that they would go. It's kind of like, remember what you said earlier? You know, well, she so was better careful not, not to, say, to anything. say anything. She would not concede anything. No, right. no logic and, and was allowed way, to. And, and her lips. And you mentioned a point that you know he hasn't been com- he hasn't been prosecuted, he hasn't been convicted. That's not the only forum in which Cosby can be found guilty. Cosby can, if this lawsuit goes forward, because now it's allowed to go forward, and it and it goes to trial. At the end of that trial, if he gets a guilty verdict, well, guess what? That, that is, is one way that I mean, not a guilty verdict. I'm sorry. If they find in favor of the defendant, right. that's one way that he's liable for this. Same offense. with the defamation suits. Right. So the women who claimed that he did this and when he came out and attacked them as liars or whatever, then they sue him for defamation and part of a defamation claim or the defense is that that the defamatory statement was true. So then it comes, uh, it it causes the the merits of whether these allegations are true to be an issue in these defamation cases. So. Uh, the the day in court is not come and gone. Right, the way that right. she presents it's too early, and she's I think she's saying too much, frankly. But the last question I have on on this um, case, which by the way I hope our viewers continue with us through the weeks because this is going to get more and more interesting as as this trial uh, this uh, case unfolds and hopefully goes to trial. Um, the the bigger question uh, and, and not really a legal question is whether Cosby can be resurrected. Um, this is, you know, the Jello pudding man, America's dad, you know, the, 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 the favorite guy, the moralist. Is he, does he still have a check? Cause you know, America loves to hear about somebody falling, but we also love a good comeback, comeback story. And so can he come back and be resurrected? What do you think? I think it took so long for him to fall because people were so resistant to believe that he could do this. And now that so many stories of, similar circumstances mm-hmm. and it's then now the, the, the a, transcript mm-hmm. has come out there's just way too many things so you don't think so, so it, it's just been right. too far far too come. Far i mean gone, this is yeah. just like an avalanche i mean it started with a pebble and then slowly it took like 20 30 years for this to become the storm that it is today yeah. and also i've i've heard a lot of people say that you know 
Mr. Cosby is old, and, and and this detriment to his legacy may in fact kill him. There may mm-hmm. not in fact be time for his legacy, his reputation to, to be, be resurrected. Harm? Oh, to be resurrected, yeah. You know, and and I I just think that you know just the fact that he's been silent, his silence is deafening. He's not apologized. The deposition of thousands or thousand pages, four days long, that came out in the Andrea Constant case and one of the, his other accusers, basically he was just so cavalier and just sort of this playboy who just doesn't see anything wrong with doing this that it's it's like but you it's said it's entitled. really damaging yeah yeah it's like it's what's wrong with this like what you know what you know if they showed and, up they they needed to do whatever i wanted right right and it just so i think i think you're right and of course we want to know what you guys think so please tweet us at chelsea galicia at azari law let us know what you think um as uh we're curious all right next on the docket Boston crime boss um, Whitey, I can never say his last name, Whitey Bulger, bids for a new trial um, on appeal. And essentially, you know, I guess the issue here is, is what are his chances? And I actually think, and I'm going to repeat this at the end of this, but I think he has a pretty good chance um, to get back into the trial courts. His lawyers want him back into the trial court. He is serving two life sentences um, on 11 murders that he applauded um, on the East Coast. He was a famous guy. He was on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, and finally, after decades of being on the run, he was um, caught in Santa Monica and brought to justice in 2011, I believe. Yep. And so now um, in on appeal, he's saying, you know, back when we were in trial, I wanted to take the stand. I have a constitutional right, Fifth Amendment right that we all do, um, to either remain silent or defend myself and testify on my own behalf. And the judge essentially choked me and didn't let me speak by refusing to let me testify about an immunity or uh, deal that the prosecution had given me to commit these crimes. Well, the issue here, Chelsea, is not... Uh, it's really not a constitutional issue. It's an evidentiary issue. As an attorney, you also know that certain things come in and can be used in, in, in a trial against somebody, and certain things are precluded from coming in. And that's why that's what the judge's job is, to see what's relevant, what's not prejudicial, and to see what evidence ultimately can be brought before the jury. This just happened to be one of the things that the judge felt is inappropriate to be brought before the, and that's it. But his lawyers are very cleverly uh, making this a constitutional issue and about probably the most sacrosanct, um, you know, constitutional right that we have, which is our fair Fifth trial. Amendment. Yeah. Fair trial, Sixth Amendment, right to remain silent, Fifth Amendment, or, you know, right to remain silent or speak on your own behalf. And so, um, what do you think? Do you agree with me that he's going to, because of the type of, um, violation that he's alleging, you know, being the Fifth Amendment. Well, as the criminal expert here, I would probably defer to you. But my initial feeling was no, because the prosecutor, I understand, have said that the determination of whether there was immunity was something that happened or would have occurred before trial, like a Mm pre-trial determination. Mm -hmm. So So it's not about what happened at trial, but about what happened before trial. Was he really given the opportunity to have this be heard. Uh, but I understand that the judge found that the, the guy who he said he got immunity from, uh, Jeremiah O'Sullivan, who was an uh, assistant U.S. attorney who died in 2009, right. never had the kind of authority 
to, to have such an agreement right. in the first place. And then do we give people immunity for committing 11 murders? Right. Well, it's not even about the merit of what he's saying. It's just looking at it just from the surface. Um, you didn't let me testify about A, and therefore I could not take the stand because I couldn't testify at all. You know, I mean, I That's I was precluded from... It was like, to him, it's all or nothing. And the prosecutors now are saying, yeah, right. The reason you didn't take the stand is because you didn't want to be grilled and shredded to pieces before the jury on all the crimes that you'd committed that maybe we hadn't even charged you with, but that would have been relevant for the jurors to hear. And so you, you, that's why you didn't take the stand. It's not because of the judge's um, ruling, but I still think it's a very clever move on his attorney's part and that if he's going to get this reversed in order to get back into the trial court, um, I think that a fifth amendment in Sixth Amendment, both Fifth and Sixth, your Fifth Amendment is to remain silent or um, speak on your own behalf to defend yourself, and your Sixth Amendment is right to fair trial and fair counsel and, and right to counsel. And I think both of those are very, very important constitutional rights, much more so than First Amendment said, or any of those. Even though the defense attorneys couched it in terms of those issues, really we're just talking about an evidentiary issue. Right. So it is it, an em- mm-hmm. so I, the the determination about whether he has immunity, I don't think is the same thing as his right to take the stand. You know, he decided on his own to do that. It's not Mm -hmm. like he was denied the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think his lawyers have done a great job of couching this in terms uh, that would make any person go, well, yeah, you got to give the guy a fair shot. Yeah. And good job on that. And but as for whether it turns out well for him, I have a feeling it won't. Although, really, in this case, I'm not going to bet against you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard to know what what the judge is going to how the judge is going to view it. But I, I do think that he's got he's making a very strong argument. What how that's going to be ultimately interpreted, obviously, is going to determine on be determined by the judge, who's going to have to listen to arguments on both sides. But um, so, what do you think? Do you think that Whitey is going to get back into a trial court and get his convictions um, reversed uh, on on this appeal, or do you think that um, this is it? He's going to continue doing the two life sentences and never see the light of day? Tweet us at Azari Law. At Chelsea Galicia. All right. Next on the docket, um, poor Snoop Dogg is, uh, you know, he's touring Europe on his new album, which I really like, but he's not catching a break. Um, uh, I think last week um, when I wasn't here, Chelsea had covered um, the, the recent news with him in Sweden where he was stopped as a passenger and um, was tested for being under the influence of drugs, I believe. Um, and most recently, last weekend, he gets off his private jet in, in the Cambria airport in Italy and over $200,000 in cash is seized from him because it is undeclared. The issue here is is that most countries, including the United States, and we're very, very hard on this because I've actually defended people who violated this this law um, have money laundering laws in place at the border that require passengers who are coming into the country with monetary instruments of over you know every country has their own threshold ours is over ten thousand dollars but most countries like in Europe most countries are ten thousand euros over ten thousand euros so that's sort of the the I don't want to say it's set in stone, but it's sort of the magic number for most most countries. If you have monetary instruments, not just cash, money orders, any type of funds that exceed that amount, 
you are supposed to fill out a very detailed form talking about why you have it, where it came from, why you're traveling with it, um, and what are you going to do with it. And and you probably are also going to be questioned on your way out of the country to see what, what has happened to those funds. And this is a way for countries to control money laundering across their borders. Um, well, what Snoop failed to do is... Um, he failed to fill out the form in Italy and he, he gets stopped and, 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 uh, the cash is taken away from him. And of course they're trying to, he has a lawyer in Italy, I believe, trying to get back the, the cash. Um, and I, I can tell you that in order to do that, you're going to have to trace the cash and prove, you know, where it came from. And Snoop says, um, this was cash that I had on me because I was going to pay my band members. It was cash that I accumulated from the different concerts and things. And, you know, I had to pay people with it. What do you think, Chelsea? Well, I do not know the way the music industry works, but to run around with that much cash on you as that's like a regular practice. I mean, he's not new. He's been in this game for a long right. time. He's 43 years old. He's been doing this his so life. I, I don't understand. I mean, really, is that how everybody gets paid these days in cash? I, you know, I thought the same. And I also thought. I mean, what are you, the tour manager, the band man? I mean, it's not your job to pay. You know, you've got people working for you that are traveling with you, that are touring with you. They can pay everyone, even if everyone's getting paid in cash. Like, what? why is this cash all in? And what do you do? Go to the doorman at the concert and pick up the cash like an armored truck and carry it with you? Something I mean, thing is very bizarre here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unusual. But, you know, his lawyer will either um, be able to prove that this cash was legitimate, um, otherwise this cash is not going to be returned to to Snoop. I don't. I don't think they're going to have um, the ability to prove, you know, or want to prosecute him or want to spend the resources to prosecute him for some kind of money laundering. But I think that, that it's a question of whether he's going to get the cash back or not. And if he can't trace the funds and actually, other than his own explanation that he gave the officers at the airport, be able to prove that this cash was legitimately in his possession, he could say bye bye to the cash, which I really don't think matters for him. Well, but he was upset to be pulled over and drug tested. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to ever go back to Europe, uh, right? Probably I mean- <laughs> not. So I, I think if I had to choose between wrongly pulled over and drug tested versus having 200,000 taken, I'll do the drug test any day. Right. But maybe for him, and I, I doubt it, that even for him, $200,000 is just whatever I it's probably, you know, but he felt, um, I, you know, it's also his reputation, you know, to say, oh, yeah, Snoop Dogg last week was under the influence. This week he's money laundering. So, I mean, I, I think he did the right thing by getting a lawyer and trying to fight this it just as a matter of principle. But ultimately, what, what you know, the, the, the bottom line or the end of the day, it, it's about the cash. It's not about prosecuting Snoop in Italy. So I think we can all... Um, rest assured that he's going to come back to the U.S. and probably never go back to Europe. He already thinks it's racial profiling that this is happening to him left and right. All right. Um, let us know what you think. Tweet us at Chelsea Galicia at Azari Law and share your thoughts. And last on the docket, um, Tom Brady, we had talked about his um, deflate uh, what was it called? The deflate gate. Deflate gate. Yeah, the deflate gate operation um, charge that was brought against him. Where he was suspended for four games. Um, he appealed it, and Goodell, Commissioner Goodell of the NFL, heard his own decision, which happens, by the way, in a court of cases. law as well. Um, and it's 
something that really bothers me, but I don't, and I don't understand, but that's just how it goes. And he looked at his own decision. He said, nope, I'm not biased. I'm standing by my decision. <laughs> I wonder if he really did it in that tone of voice and with that kind of cavalier. No, no, but I mean, he basically said, no, you know, thanks for the appeal, but it stands because I'm not biased. And so, um, now, um, uh, Tom Brady has brought at first filed a lawsuit in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, because uh, there's been a trend that in the district court in Minneapolis, there's been findings in favor of the players of the union. And so he said, okay, well, NFL, it exists in all 50 states. Chelsea can talk more about this. Civil procedure says that you have to have jurisdiction over the the cause of action. Well, if NFL is in every state, then I'm going to choose where I'm going to file it. I'm going to file it in Minnesota. Well, uh, then what happens is the NFL files its own lawsuit to affirm the decision of Goodell and also to to join the two claims and says, no, the appropriate place to bring this is New York. And the district court judge in New York says, yes, we're moving this to New York. There's no reason for this to be in Minneapolis. Um, the headquarters are, for NFL are in New York City, um, I believe, um, well, Brady plays in Massachusetts. Brady plays in Massachusetts. The the union is in Washington, D.C. And there was some other ties directly to New York as well. So he said, we're moving this to New York. Um, and so now, you know, that there's two issues here, Chelsea. One is, in terms of Brady's claims, um, the the commissioner was biased and should not have heard this, uh, this um, appeal that I filed. Um, because to just generally say that, you know, I participated in this deflating without any type of specific evidence. Um, the, it's it's unwarranted. And the second issue that he raises is that I want an injunction on this uh, suspension until my f- appeal is finally ruled on. You know, at this stage and by the district court. And so, what what do you think is um, what do you think about sort of the strength of his claims? Both of those, not good. <laughs> in short, just not good. Right. You know, about the injunction, he would have to prove that there will be irreparable damage or harm if he were not allowed to play. Right. And, uh, you know, it could be argued, you know, you know, four games, they could lose the whole season and four, right. you know, you could be dramatic like that and, and argue that. Or they can, on the other side, you're like, no, it's not irreparable. We just, if we owe you the money for those we'll games, pay for we'll those pay games. you. Yeah. So that one could go either way mm-hmm. that's not very strong and then the whole but how can you repair uh i'm playing devil's advocate how can you repair the damage to the patriots winning streak when their quarterback their their star is 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 off for four games i mean i guess it comes down to four games material enough to change the season for the patriots and for brady yeah i guess this would require more sports knowledge than i have <laughs> not me <laughs> I can't. right I can't speak to that too well, but uh, it, it just goes to show that these agreements that these players get into with the, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's similar in the NBA, NHL, mm-hmm. you know, the, that they're they're not the same as in the ordinary court of law. These mm-hmm. agreements where, you know, the, the commissioner will weigh evidence and that you don't need the same burden of proof. It's right. just more likely than not, not which is yeah. a very different standard. And that the commissioner then hears the appeal and has to determine whether he or she himself, has it ever been a she? Not really. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say he himself has to determine whether there was any bias, you know, no. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, 
this is just how it goes. Now, the only glimmer of hope is, as you alluded to, that there have been some recent decisions that have been overturned. Mm-hmm. But all of those have been in reference to the player's conduct. Mm-hmm. Specific- the personal conduct. Right. Not game conduct. Correct. Right. Specifically domestic mm-hmm. violence. Right. So like Ray Rice mm-hmm. and Adrian Peterson, those kinds of decisions have been overturned mm-hmm. because um, the... But this un- has to do directly with the integrity of the game. And and that that brings me to the point where his lawyer makes an interesting point. His lawyer says this whole violation that the, the uh, commission... I mean, the... Um, NFL is alleging, you know, the the integrity of the game because of the cheating has been affected, etc., or deteriorates uh, deteriorates as a as a result of this type of conduct. Uh, he says that that's against the team, not against an individual player. So you've got the wrong guy. You've got the individual. Well, they and, and did he says, punish he, the team but, also. Yeah, but he says you can't punish the individual. You have to punish the team only. And I think he, he has a valid point. He says no player in NFL history has served a suspension for non-cooperation or obstruction, which is the other issue I think Goodell was pissed off that Brady didn't cooperate in the investigation, well, that didn't was, turn over things. That was very weird. Not We had talked before about yeah. how he didn't turn over the right. phone and how that's right. fine unless it's subpoenaed right. and he should. Right. But now but we found out Upset, and I, I think that upset and could have very well influenced Goodell in his decision. Who, of course, he's not going to say that's why I but ruled it this way. Does look a little fishy that he, it's not that Tom Brady didn't turn over the phone; it's that he had it destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me, right? And this, that this is not a court of law; they're allowed to draw inference from that, right? Uh, and then the inference is obviously that the phone contains some information that would be mm-hmm. harmful to Brady's position. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it probably pissed him off. But they're also allowed to draw from that some conclusion that there was some wrongdoing that would have been evidenced by the contents of that phone. Mm-hmm. And even had there been a subpoena and they had done it through the, the legal system, there would have been no phone to discover because he had it destroyed. Right. I mean, what just... And, and I know he said he destroys phones all the time. I, I I don't know. Do you know any good reason for phones to be destroyed? You know, what if he's? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm 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 completely speculating. Don't quote me this. But what if he's like got a little girlfriend on the side and doesn't want Giselle to find out? Maybe that's why he's destroying his phone. I mean, I I as if I was defending him, I would come with uh, come up with a whole slew of reasons not related to his conduct in the game and in this scenario as reasons why he has private things in that phone. Not every private thing in that phone has to do with deflating balls. It might have to do with some other private parts of his life. And I, uh, as unusual as it sounds to you and I, from a legal perspective, you know, he's free to destroy phones. I mean, uh, yes, it looks kind of odd, uh, but he can describe that or he can he can uh, find a million different reasons why, you know what I mean, his but lawyer could But then he could can't be up. that mad when that evidence is used to... Uh, against him right in the well i think he does NFL's i mean i think he rules. really does have a good argument that that there's inherent bias that an arbiter needs to be impartial but he needs um, to go to like the supreme court of the nfl and I th- well but you know he's in district court now he's in federal district court and i don't this, think it's gonna stop this I is think an, he's gonna keep going that's why he wants the injunction because that's an issue keeps, not just of his case but of how the nfl hears all cases right so 
I, I'm but not you know, sure. But I if, also have to think. I also I also have to say that when you're dealing with someone like Brady of his stature and, and you know and, and from that team that just won this big victory, you know his reputation. I think a lot of this also has to do as with the principle of all of this. You know, somebody needs to stand up to Goodell. Goodell has just been like just out of control with with a lot of his decisions. Um, but and, what do you mean out of control? That's what the role gives him the power to do. And for us, it's kind of weird because there's no person out in our legal system that has that kind of power. Right. But essentially, isn't that what everyone signed up for? No, I know. But I'm not I'm not questioning his power. I'm questioning the fact that, um, and I don't want to get into a whole thing, but we had other shows where we had discussed some of his decisions and compared to other decisions, and it just wasn't correlating it wasn't adding up you know where he would give a really light suspension to someone and a really heavy suspension to someone else with a much more egregious one on the on the guy that he lightly slapped on the hand so it just doesn't um he's not been consistent and i think brady is like you know what I got the time. I got the money. That's why I want the injunction so I can continue playing because by the time I get up to the U.S. Supreme Court on this issue um, or wherever I need to go, um, my four games are over already. So he wants to continue playing so that – and I, I think that shows that he has an intention of not letting this go and continuing up the ladder to wherever he needs to go. Well, the games to, are coming up relatively soon, soon are they not? September, Again, yeah. I don't even have End enough. of August, early September, okay. I believe, is when the season starts. All right, so, um, you know – we want to hear uh, your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think that this was a fair decision? Do you think that Goodell should not have been the one hearing the case on appeal? And what do you think about the fact that somebody gets to choose what state they bring their case in? What's wrong with that? Why did this have to get moved to New York? Let us know at Azari Law at Chelsea Galicia. And I think, Chelsea, that brings us to the close of today's edition of Justice is Served. We thank you so much for staying tuned in, in tune with us. Please uh, view us on iTunes and YouTube and like us and post your comments, and we will reply. And we will see you next week right here on Justice is Served. Bye-bye, everyone. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram us, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.